It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. It is Carcon Carne. We are in Oswego today. Carcon Carne sponsored by our dear friends, our good friends, the, the musicologists at Siren Records in McHenry, where Carcon Carne will be on Saturday the 12th. I'll be there right when they open for Record Store Day, one of the most celebrated days of the year. Record Store Day, celebrated with me at Siren Records McHenry. Get some of the stuff that you've uh, been keeping an eye on since Record Store Day was announced, or get some of the, uh, the new and used stuff they just typically have at Siren Records McHenry. We're going to talk a lot about phonation tonight after I introduce my guest. But just at the front of the show, I do want to mention funding is underway for Phonation, a Chicago podcast compilation. It is 10 Chicago area podcasts compiled on vinyl. I know, podcasts on vinyl? Crazy enough that it might actually work. That's what we're doing. We're looking for funding for Phonation. Go to Kickstarter or really Carcon Carney Socials, my personal socials, whatever. Uh, find the link. Any amount helps. A dollar, five dollars. Help make this a reality. Podcast on vinyl. If we don't do it this time, someone else is going to do it and they'll just make me crabby. Phonation. <laughs> so, my guest tonight, oh my goodness, uh, he is Chris Baker from Ink 180. Ink 180 is a tattoo studio. Is it based in Oswego? Yeah. All yep. right. Beautiful uh, Oswego, Illinois. Uh, you, you can, can you hold up like, yeah, no, you're clearly. Yeah, I got a few. 101 tattoos. Is it 101? 101 now. I just got my 101st. Well, when do you start doing the, the head and the face? I did. I have one on the back of my head, so I'm going back to L.A. soon to get the other side of the back of my head done. Very very nice. <laughs> to my wife's chagrin. So, there are a lot of reasons why Chris is here tonight. One, the most blatant commerce-related reason is because his podcast, Think 180, is part of the aforementioned phonation. His podcast is phenomenal. We're going to talk about that. You can help put his podcast on vinyl. Before we talk about that, I want to acknowledge where we are. This is, we're in Oswego. I don't frequently come out this way, not out of spite or anger. I just, I'm not normally out this way. So I, I said to you, Chris, we're going to do this podcast, recommend some places. You, <laughs> in like three minutes time, you rattled off like oh, seven yeah. in an email. Uh, this was the one that caught my eye. We're at RV's Home of the Hoagie. Yeah. Good spot. What made you pick this place? Just really good sandwiches. It's not a chain place. It's a little family owned spot. So you know, we, we love coming out this way and supporting small businesses, especially, you know, through the pandemic. So many of them are no longer with us. So right. We love these guys. Good people. I, I looked at the menu before I came and I brought, uh, in fact, when you showed up here, I was already inside. I brought a little cooler because the sandwiches sounded so good. I got a cooler with some ice and I'm bringing sandwiches home because I know good call. They, they look good. Oh, they're amazing. And I may not be back here soon. So I wanted <laughs> to stock up. So I've got sandwiches in the trunk. Uh, tonight, we will start eating as we're talking here. Sounds good. Uh, what did you get? You got a, a turkey tur hoagie. Can you hold Somewhat up healthy. When you open it, can you hold it up to the camera? You know it's good, right? Oh, yeah, when the oil, is, yeah. when it's like translucent. Yeah. Yeah, that's legit. Oh, that smells amazing. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. I mean, come on. Now, I got something. You don't often see poutine on the menu anyway. No. Outside of Canada, you don't. Right. Exactly. Toronto, Quebec. Oh, there's a fork. So I ordered their steak sweet poutine <laughs> I, I want to, you can't pick this up it's heavy yeah 
This it is, looks heavy. You can just tell. Like, this it's is a girthy. mistake. Eating this all in one sitting is a mistake. I'm going to yeah. say that right now. There, there's no health benefit to doing that. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> going to try to show it here. That's the sweet steak poutine. Oh, yeah. yeah I kind of got, got it on yeah, camera you got there. It. Uh, this is this is like holding a dwarf star in my hand. <laughs> you might right? need a stint after that. <laughs> I might need a stint. Uh, are we close to where Dr. Daryl Wilson yeah, practices? Maybe uh, he can help me we'll, out. We'll make sure Daryl's on duty. At the, at the, Did you get uh, some napkins? April. Nah, I'm good. I'm all right. Are you sure? I got jeans. I'm a biker. <laughs> you are a biker. And, okay, so let's talk. You know, I walk out. You're you're waiting for me on a Harley. Yeah. You're a biker guy. Yeah. Uh, you are about the most in in, in action. You're you blow away every stereotype yeah, I'm trying to. of a Harley riding biker. You are yeah. a legitimate force for good in the universe, Chris. The stuff you do um, and the people you help, it's exemplary. Your story is amazing. I really want to start talking about that, but chronologically it makes sense to start talking about your studio before we get sure. to your work. So tell me about Ink 180. So Ink 180 is a, a tattoo shop here in, in Oswego, Illinois, southwest suburbs. Uh, full service tattoos, piercings, tattoo removals. Um, and really, you know, we just put it together, built it out with my wife, Lisa, and, and our family to give people a clean, comfortable place to come and get tattoo work, piercings, you know, if they choose to. Because, you know, I've worked in tattooing for 27 years and I've worked in all different sorts of shops. And, I bet. And some that I just honestly um, didn't feel comfortable even being in anymore. And just due to my life change and everything. But I wanted to make people feel comfortable. Wait, you can't say that and keep going. Life change being... I found faith in my life. Uh, about 11 years ago, I was suicidal and uh, just a mess at the lowest part of my life. And went to a Christian counselor and she looked like the church lady from Saturday Night Live. And she prayed for us and something that I can't even really explain happened to me that day. I went to church the next morning, um, really kind of threw myself into that world and trying to soak up as much as I could. And trying to get myself, you know, get myself right with God, like everybody says. And um, six months later, I was on top of a mountain in Haiti helping my new church build a school. You know, and it's, it's, uh, it's been a, a crazy ride. Like, my kids refer to me as old dad and new dad. Which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking and very rewarding at the same time. Because I understand. Like, I know I wasn't a bad father or a bad husband. I just wasn't as present as I should be. I wasn't as, uh, I wasn't what they needed. And um, I've been working on that ever since. And it's really interesting, the, the work you do, and it looks like we're talking about this, um, the work you do, I think there's a certain kind of gene or disposition that lets people like you do what you do. Because I, mm -hmm. I don't think it's in everyone. I think you, yeah. you can, get people to do good but i mean you're just effortlessly good this is just how you think and breathe yeah, that's how i was raised i mean i was raised in a single home my mom really you know put that into my structure of you know if you can help somebody you know that will never be able to pay you back it's pretty easy to go to bed at night and sleep and you know just you know we're fortunate we have you know a lot of things and abilities and gifts and like if we can use those gifts to help somebody out that's in need or struggling and just give them kind of a hand up in the world and lift them up a little bit that's what we're here to do all right take a bite of your hoagie i'm making you talk <laughs> i have to say this steak poutine it is sweet as advertised i'm not quite sure what what the sweet sauce is it's mm. great and there's some form of vegetable there's a green vegetable in here so i feel like i'm not doing something totally wrong with my wife but poutine is traditionally it's fries 
It's gravy and cheese curds. All are present and accounted for, but you have to go through like three pounds yeah. of steak to actually get that's to a, it. That's a whole lot. Uh, this is better than I expected. Mm. By far, this is better than expected. So the, the work we're talking about, and we'll bounce back to Ink 180, but Think 180, the podcast, talks about Chris's work helping victims of human trafficking, people mm-hmm. it, or trying to exit the gang life, people who have tattoos... He's trying to help them get those tattoos covered up. And you do get those tattoos covered up. Yeah. Which, everyone who hears your story, or hears just that elevator pitch, it's it's a showstopper. It stops us in our tracks. I can't believe there's someone who does that, and thank goodness there is. Yeah, you know what's funny about it is, um, when I, I look at it, and I'm like, well, this is just what I do. You know, I'm, a, I'm just a tattoo artist, and I use that to help people. So, But it is a common reaction for people to be like, kind of shocked by it like wait a minute like you do what kind of thing and i'm like well this is just what we do and there's a need oh my gosh i can't believe that exists and think yeah thank goodness someone had the the foresight to to help like that well i used to be one of those people that would sit and watch the news at night and in between the cubs score and the weather for the next day they talk about how many kids got killed in inglewood you know right and i'd be like man somebody's got to do something about this and then and yeah, it's really easy to be detached. Yeah, well, it's like, well, I'm somebody. I can do something. I don't know. I can't do everything, but I can do something. So that's what we do. And so when did you realize that human trafficking was such a prevalent thing in these tattoos? I mean, because basically these victims are branded. I mean, it's yeah. like barcodes, yeah. right? Yeah, barcodes, pimps, names, gang symbols, because gangs are trafficking people now. Um, I didn't know a thing about it, you know, Um I went and I was invited to speak to the Homeland Security gang unit back in 2011 um, because a guy that I go to church with is an agent. He's a narcotics agent with them. He's like, man, you got to come talk to my gang team. So I said, set it up. And I drove up for the meeting and the uh, commander for the trafficking unit was in there too, just sitting hearing about what we were doing. And then he spent two and a half hours explaining sex trafficking to me and what it looks like in the United States. And I was blown away. Because here we are in Oswego, yeah. and you, you have that feeling like, that's so far away. Yeah, that couldn't happen here. Right, no. That's one of those over-there problems, you know, Southeast right. Asia, Eastern mm-hmm. Europe, and they showed me, no, in fact, this is happening here in places like Oswego and all over the country. That's eye-opening. Yeah, big time, big time. And I've just, you know, I've continued to learn more um, every day, really. Every time I work with a survivor, I learn something I didn't know the day before, so... It's really interesting. As we're having this conversation, I just got an advanced copy of a brand new book. Got to look it up. Taking Down Backpage by Maggie Krell, mm-hmm. who is one of the attorneys who brought down Backpage. Yeah. And I, I just finished reading that book yeah. as I was preparing for this conversation. Oh, and man. you realize what, what a scourge that was. Horrible. And just because Backpage is gone doesn't mean the problem's gone away. Yeah, it's, you know, I, it's one of the things that people bring up a lot is, um, they're like, well, Backpage is gone, so trafficking took a hit, right? No, trafficking didn't take a hit. because Bad people just find other ways to be bad. Oh, it's not hard to put a new website together. Right. People do it every single minute, you know? Um, hell, there's apps that people use now to, to buy sex. So it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's destroying our communities. It's destroying families. I mean, we're seeing people where... Um, they're being trafficked because their mom was addicted to drugs and she would sell them to men to get money to buy drugs. And I'm like, what in the hell is wrong with this world? Yeah, that makes my flesh crawl. Yeah, it's disgusting. And to be clear, we're not talking about 
sex work per se. We're no. talking about legitimate criminal selling of humans. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like 13, 14, 15 year old kids. It, it, this is, it's so crazy, Chris. This is all coming to a head for me. I, I've been going on these super long walks mm. uh, since the pandemic started. Just clear my head, get yeah. some exercise, work off sweet steak poutine. <laughs> and I was walking this past weekend. I was um, by Devon and Western on the north side of Chicago. Sure. Uh, very much an Indian neighborhood, Indian Pakistani neighborhood. I saw a dude about your size, mm-hmm. maybe 200 ish pounds. Yeah. Um, and he looked kind of sketchy. Yeah. Kind of, kind of scary, and he was walking, holding like a fourteen-year-old girl by her bicep, and she looked no older than thirteen or fourteen, and she was dressed very provocatively. I'm like, hmm. there's something messed up with that. Yeah. So I waited till I walked past them. I turned around. I started to grab my phone. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Take a picture. Call the police. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the second I turned around, she hit him with a purse and ran away. Wow. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but. It, what I was told by a police friend a long time ago, if something doesn't look or feel right, it's not right. Yeah, it's absolutely true. The human brain tries to compensate for what you experience and try to explain not good things. Yeah. Because we don't want to accept it. But I, I was convinced. And again, I had you in my mind, like hearing your stories, listening to your podcast, reading the story, the book about Backpage. I'm like, I wonder if that was trafficking. I called the Chicago police mm-hmm. on Saturday. I waited. I tried to keep an eye on this one dude. Yeah. He eventually went out of sight. Like I and I got a little nervous. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not equipped to you know, sure. confront yeah. this. What door did he duck into to get something? And he ducked into two different stores on Devon Avenue. And I was waiting. I wanted the police to come by so I could say that's the guy. But mm. I don't even know if they would have anything to, to charge him or, or confront him with. But yeah. it, it looked like something trafficking. In my lack of knowledge, it looked like a scenario. Definitely could be. I mean. You know, the scary, the saddest thing about this whole situation to me is, you know, everybody's talking about defund the police. The, one of the problems is these police aren't trained. Um, I just partnered with the FBI and Reclaim 13, which is a safe house we work with here in the Chicagoland area, to train the Aurora PD, all of their officers, um, to help them learn about sex trafficking because they've never been trained on it. There's, there's only so much they can learn yeah. before they're on on the street. Right. That's unbelievable. Have you, how, how do people find you? How do these victims find you? How do they? So it, for the sex trafficking victims yeah. in particular, so we're a national provider for the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, and the U.S. Attorney's Office, um, in addition to hundreds of safe houses around the country and other organizations, kind of like Inc. 180, that do different things. Uh, so it's like an intermediary, a government related Absolutely. intermediary will contact you saying, Hey, we have this girl. Yeah. Can you help? Yeah. And so it's not like a direct. No, no, they don't, they don't ever call me on their own to set up an appointment. It's always through their uh, victim services coordinator or social worker or something like that. Um, and then I have that person that they're working with to get counseling and things like that. They actually have to bring them into the mm-hmm. shop. You talked about that with in, us. in your podcast. Yeah. yeah, because two reasons, really. Most of them have varying levels of PTSD just oh, based on I the trauma they've been through. That's, that's PTSD we can't even... Oh, yeah. I have PTSD, but it's like theirs is PTSD on steroids. That is truly a you horror know? show, a horror movie. And um, I do that because if, if they trigger while I'm 
covering or removing their tattoos. I want a professional there that they built some rapport with that can sit Absolutely. with them and listen to them and help them walk through that trigger. And also it protects me as a man who doesn't look like the nicest guy on earth. I don't Although want to put myself in a position. Well, I am now. <laughs> um, I don't want to put myself in a position where they could ever say, oh, he said this or suggested this. So, Yeah, and it, in a situation like that, it's not even someone would be out to get you. It's no. Just, these girls have been through... Well, that's the thing. They've been through hell, you know? And, I mean, the stories I've heard, Hollywood could not write the stories I hear. I wouldn't want to watch those stories. Yeah. And, I mean, it sends me to go see my counselor the oh, next I, day. That was one of my questions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have to because I then I, if I don't go see my counselor, I will absorb this stuff. Yeah. You know, and take on, I take on like a, uh, it's not survivor's guilt, but it's like the guilt of the men that perpetrated that against them when I had nothing to do with it. But, um, and, and by that, you're not just talking about the traffickers, you're talking about the Johns, you're the Johns, about- the pimps, the family members that sold them, like, or the whatever, web, the web pages, know? like a back page yeah. that basically. Yeah. Don't don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. with what was going on. Yeah. There. Oh no, it's a it's a dating site. Yeah, we know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, from a ratio perspective, are you spending more of your time with trafficking trafficking victims, or are you spending more time with gang members? It's probably so. You know, with the nonprofit side, we help former gang members, sex trafficking survivors, domestic violence survivors, and self harm survivors. Um, that's and it's it's a good mix, you know. It's trafficking is probably becoming the biggest segment of that population, just because uh, we've been doing it for almost ten years now, and the word's gotten out, and we right. have so many partnerships with people. So yeah, trafficking's huge, and we need to stop it. So what do we do? I mean, you talk to the FBI, you talk to yeah, you, you've got friends in the government. What what what's their solution? Well, <laughs> their solution is just to keep doing what they're doing, which isn't a solution at all. Um, my thing is, you know, this makes me sound older even than I am, but somewhere along the, the timeline of my life, we've done a couple things. We stopped teaching our boys to be real men and treat women with value as opposed to just some conquest. And we also stopped raising our girls to appreciate themselves for their intellect and their abilities, not just how many likes they get on Instagram. Social media makes everything weird. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So it's, it's the blessing and the curse. We're, we're yeah. you know we're going to be broadcasting <laughs> right. this on ironic, Facebook right? and on YouTube, and I'll be promoting it on yeah. Facebook, Twitter, and yeah. Instagram. And I use them all all the time yeah. too. But you know, it's teaching uh, kids and parents how to use that stuff safely, how mm-hmm. to have conversations about it. Because so many parents will just give their kid an iPhone at whatever age they deem appropriate. Because it's a babysitter. Then it's out of sight, out of mind. They don't know who their kids are talking to, or more importantly, who's talking to their kids. I'm keeping you from eating. This is a food podcast. So we're going to take another quick bite. I'm never going to finish this. This is. I'm taking the rest of this home on the bike. How are you going to do that? Well, you you have like a backpack or something, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's rolled up in the Harley. So good. Uh, This is... This is a wonderful place. Right? Uh, it's actually to my advantage that I don't live near here. <laughs> I'll bring it out to you. Will you come my way? Yeah, I'm up in the city all the time. Right now, we'll do lunch in the city. All right. So you mentioned on one of your shows, which again, Think 180. The studio's Inc. 180. The podcast is Think 180. You can listen to it uh, on the web, on SoundCloud, and then it's on all the platforms. iTunes and all yeah. that usual. 
you mentioned, and I didn't think about it until you said it, but it made perfect sense. You're armed at the studio. Yeah. Because there's a concern of reprisal or... Yeah. I've had 11 death threats since 2011. One death threat's scary enough. Yeah. It is. Um, the first one really shook me up. And I was talking to my best friend, is my pastor, and I was like, I called him because who else am I going to call? And he's like, well, what did you do when they said what they said? I was like, I didn't say anything. I, you know, I waited and I hung up the phone. And he's, he tells me, he's like, you know, you should pray for him. I'm like, that dude just threatened me and, you know, in very descriptive terms of what he was going to do to me. And he's like, no, you should. And I thought about it for a while and I was like, you know, he's, he's right. And... Um, he's like, you know, when it happens next time, and I'm like, whoa, why are you wishing that evil on me, man? Like, take <laughs> that, yeah, like, why don't you pray it doesn't happen anymore? And I was like, but he's right, it's probably going to happen again. And it did uh, a few months later, and I let the guy say what he wanted to say, and I was like, hey, um, can I pray for you real quick? And he cussed me out a little bit more, and I waited till he was done. I was like, can I pray for you real quick? I just want to pray for safety and, and all that stuff. And he didn't say anything, so I prayed for him. And for like three or four minutes and he waited till I said amen and they hung up the phone and I'm still here like I know I'm not bulletproof I'm not it's not some false bravado thing at all um, but it's but you definitely took back the power well that's it that's it. that's exactly what it's about you know it's like it disarms people like wait I just threatened to kill you and you're gonna pray for me that I'm safe and wow healthy and you know <laughs> so it trips people out but it's that's just my new life, you know. And it's it's so interesting because when you said it in your podcast, it made sense to me. Yeah, that there would be an element of danger. It's not just the helping, but the people you're helping are coming from a very scary place. Oh yeah, and I go into the jails and prisons and stuff too. Like tomorrow morning, I'll be in the Kane County Jail removing gang tattoos in the middle of the pod. So, so explain for those who don't understand what tattoo removal is i mean yeah is, is that a painful thing or is it is it all um, cover-ups is it no it's not all cover-ups we do full removals as well um most people know about laser tattoo removal it's not that we use a product called tattoo vanish so essentially what we do is we take a tattoo setup with a needle we dip it in lidocaine and we go over the tattoo they want to get rid of and it opens up the top few layers of skin and then we take a cotton swab and apply a clear gel called ink eraser and all that is, is, I wish I would have invented it, and uh, but I didn't. Um, it's a pharmaceutical grade, pharmaceutical grade saline solution and citric acid. So, in, with these with these gang members who mm -hmm. are trying to get out of the, the lifestyle, I mean, the ones who are not in prison, the ones who yeah. you're, you're helping now, having those marks works against them. Oh and yeah, they, they cannot advance in society. They cannot no. move beyond gang member status yeah. as long as they have those tattoos and it's a walking death sentence that's the other so besides not being able to get a job yes it's a yeah. walking death sentence i mean you know when these guys and, and women are in gangs they put tattoos on their face their yeah. knuckles wherever they want it to be known when they're in that life that's their life and they're proud of it and they want it to be seen and visible and man the minute they leave that life and make that hard decision to leave that life first thing they want to do is get rid of it yeah because it's, it's a literal target yeah. i mean i've had people tell me yeah, man, I've been shot four times and twice while I was active and twice since I left because I got the tattoo on my arm or my hands or my face, whatever. It's we, crazy. We were talking as we were waiting. Again, we're, we're at RV's Home of the Hokie, which is magnificent. It's <laughs> it really, really is. It really is. I feel very happy that I got to meet you tonight, yeah, that I got to be here tonight. Um, 
we were talking right before I, I, I lost my train of thought because I got I started to romanticize <laughs> the hoagie. What were we talking about beforehand? I don't even know. Um, the, oh, I know what it yeah. was. The, the tattoo shop. Huh? I was asking, you know, from a business perspective, you know, are you doing more for the nonprofit or doing more for the studio? You mentioned something that made sense to me, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of business from people who, A, love the work that you do, yeah. but B, want to support the work that you do. You yeah, know? absolutely. Because they know, like, so the shop as a whole, it's 70% nonprofit work and 30% paid business, right? But the people who come in and pay for their tattoos help fund all that free work. Yeah. You know, we've helped over 7,600 people in the last 10 years free of charge. And we've, you know, my accountant thinks I'm crazy because I've given away $1.26 million in free services. I love that story. Yeah. I mean, I, I find what you do so inspirational. Yeah. Thank you. And it's so cool. Your accountant is nuts. Well, it's it's crazy because a lot of tattoo artists, most tattoo artists in the community hate my guts because I, I because, oh, because I do it for free. And they're like, well, you're taking money off of our, our table. I'm like, guys, the people that I'm helping don't have money to eat. Like there's right. times I'm ordering, you know, stuff on DoorDash to feed them so they don't pass out while I'm doing the procedure. Also, the other shops aren't getting death threats. No, from they're not. <laughs> they're not, you know, and it's it is what it is you know it's sad i wish i had more artists in the community that were um, kind of like-minded or supportive of it but it is what it is i don't lose sleep i got enough friends in the world what made you decide to start podcasting was it just to to further the message yeah you know it was it was to educate and um i i speak in churches all the time we speak in the schools to especially to talk to kids about the sex trafficking stuff and talk to families about sex trafficking which we're both parents yeah the fact that kids have to be aware of that stuff Man, it sucks it's 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 horrible i was i was talking to somebody about this the other day when i was a kid the big scary thing was the tylenol scare yes right yes. and now it's like give me the tylenol scare back and trade mm-hmm. it for this but people don't know that this is going on and you know if you don't know you're not protecting yourself or your kids or you know others from it so it's like let's get this word out there however we can and um it's been really cool we've gotten a lot of really great feedback from people and they're like man i had no idea this was going on and you know we bring people into that are you know part of this fight too and and that we work with and that we respect and it's just absolutely insane to me it's insane. Yeah. It's so you like, started the podcast. I, I'm impressed with how naturally you do it. I mean, you have a very thank you accomplished sounding it's, delivery, and, and you run a tight show. <laughs> thank you. Well, it's Kyle. My friend Kyle Craning really runs the the show and makes it work. But he uh, he actually came to me when we before we started. And he's like, "Man, have you ever thought about doing a podcast?" I'm like, "Yeah, but I dude, I don't know how to do that stuff." Like. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very electronically gifted, you know? He's like, oh, I've got all the equipment and stuff. I can, I can come and help you do it. And he was just, he was a, a guy that believed in what we did and we became great friends. It. And he's like, let's do this, man. I'll help you do it. And he's been fantastic with it. And how many years have you, have you been doing the podcast? Uh, I think about three years now. That's amazing. Yeah. So we're getting ready to ramp things back up again post COVID, you know, it was Kyle's wife had a baby, so I was letting them have that time, and we're getting ready to get things going again. So with all the not-for-profit work you've done, yeah. specifically with the gang members and the human trafficking victims, have you ever 
heard from some of the people you've helped down the road. Yeah, I love it. That's that's one of the biggest I was wondering gifts. if that was just kind of like you, do, you don't see them again. No, that's one of the biggest gifts of doing this work is they do stay in contact and, and give us updates. And um, One really good example, I had a kid from Aurora right up the street, former gang member, went to prison, decided, made the declaration to his gang that he was done and took his beating for that. And, right, because you get jumped out. Oh, yeah, big time. And uh, his old gang actually shot him and attacked him and ambush him shot him eight times with an ak-47 and the last bullet or one of the bullets he doesn't know if his last one or not doesn't matter eight bullets he went hit him right under the eye and didn't it should have killed him right ak-47 is not a not a squirt gun no and instead it went and tracked the bullet tracked under his skin around the back and out oh my gosh and i was like brother if you didn't believe in god before then i bet you do now he said yeah but anyway he moved um out of state with his now wife and started a construction company where he employs other former gang members awesome. and other former inmates and just to help give people a second chance. And man, that's what I love. Like, you know, people look at what we do and they're like, man, that's so great. And I'm like, I love to see what they go do. Right. You know, it's all about because paying it, it forward. I mean, it's really a mirror of what you did with yourself. I mean, yeah. you, you found, I mean, you were in a gang or no. a victim of human trafficking, but you were in a bad spot and you yeah. found a way to reapply who you are, what your skills oh, are yeah. and, and do good in the world. Absolutely. And anybody can do that. Right. You know, anybody. So we love to hear those stories and, and see what they're doing or people will send me Christmas cards and like, yeah, we just had our first kid and, or That's I amazing. got a job and I'm promoted or whatever it is. It's just like, that's the best. Cause I've got to think you're probably one of the first people they see on that chain mm. on the other side. Yeah, definitely. And as one of those first people, you probably leave a pretty significant emotional impression on them. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I had a guy come in this morning. He just got out of prison yesterday. And we started his removals. It's like, let's get rid of that. And he's crying. You know, you got, you got guys. I'm a big guy, okay? But you got guys bigger than me covered in tattoos. They make me look like I don't have any tattoos. <laughs> And they're sitting there, standing there, looking in the mirror, crying because they don't have to be defined by who they used to be. It's anymore. amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's what new life is all about, you know. That's amazing. All right, so Ink 180, um, people should plan ahead if they want to get tattoos at Ink 180. Yeah, give me a shout. Um, phone number is 630-554-1404. You can email me, chris at ink180.com, or our website's ink180.com as well. And then Think 180, the podcast, is available, as we said, on all podcast platforms. And it's just, I, I can't stop listening to it. it it's so engrossing. It, the messages are positive. The stories are shocking. And yeah. it's just, it's nice to know when things are really dark in the world. And they've always been dark. But yeah. in this particular instance, it's nice to know that there's someone out there trying to make it better. You're kind of like Batman. <laughs> Well, that'd be pretty awesome, right? That would be pretty awesome. <laughs> if you got to be somebody. All right, so Ink 180, ink180.com is the website. Think 180 is the podcast. You are Chris. You are a wonderful human being. Thank you. Uh, let's wrap up your food. Let's get you back on your bike. Yeah, let's roll. <laughs>